0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, June 12, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36, through chapter 8, verse 3. The message is by Father Ron Baird. In today's Gospel lesson, Jesus tells the parable of the two debtors. But to really understand the parable, you've got to understand the setting in which it is taking place. Otherwise, it doesn't have the same impact. Jesus was invited by a Pharisee to have dinner with him. Now, that in and of itself would make you stop and think, wouldn't it? Because the Pharisees never want anything good from Jesus. They're always trying to trick him and and to show him up. And yet, here they are, this guy invites him to dinner. But Jesus says, okay, so he goes to dinner, and it, in those days, when you would go to a dinner, you would recline at a table. They had very low tables, and you would recline on one elbow while you ate, and your feet would be stretched out. And, so, uh, and you would take off your shoes when you came into a place. And usually, what would happen would be that someone would offer you water with which to wash your feet and wash the dust off your feet before you came in the house. Um, they would also offer you a greeting, which was a kiss of peace. I mean, you still see in the Middle East a lot of times, even in Europe in some places, they go up and they kiss each other on each cheek, even the men do that. Um, and that would be the kiss that they would offer, which basically says that you're welcome in my house in peace. And then the final thing that they would do for the guests would be they would give them olive oil to put on their head because of the heat of the sun had dried out their hair and it would keep the scalp um, from getting dried out as well. Well, in this case the Pharisee who had invited Jesus didn't offer him any of those things. And so Jesus goes in with the dust on his feet, didn't get any oil, wasn't greeted, and he reclines at the table and is eating. Well, while he's in there it says that a woman came in who was a sinner. Now that's really kind of a code word because you know, we look at that and go, well a sinner, why does that matter? But she's clearly a woman of ill repute. And so she comes in and and certainly wasn't invited as far as we know and begins to stand behind Jesus and cry, weep. And then she kneels down and she loosens her hair and begins to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them dry with her hair. Now that was a very provocative kind of act in those days because women only took their hair down in the bedroom with their husbands. I mean, and only their husbands were allowed to see the glory of the woman, which was her hair. Other than that, they always kept their hair, head covered or pulled up to where most of it was unseeable. So then she takes this alabaster jar of ointment, which um, is very expensive. Alabaster alone at those times, which is a white kind of uh, rock. Um, to have that carved out as a, as a jar, that would be extremely expensive, much less the ointment that was in it, and anointed his feet um, with it. Well, Simon, who's the Pharisee, is absolutely appalled at this. He says, if this man knew what kind of sinner this woman was, he wouldn't let her be touching him. Well, there's even more to that because, you know, Jews, particularly to this day, Orthodox Jews would do the same thing. Women who are not in their family don't touch men, and men don't touch women who aren't in their family. I mean, it's just not done, it's considered untoward. And so to have a woman touching you, much less in a very intimate kind of way like this, would be very much like if, let's say that I was invited to go and have um, dinner with the mayor one day. And so he invites me, and he's not being very friendly to me or anything, I don't even know why he invited me, but we're in there, and all of a sudden this woman comes in, and the woman has a, a super short miniskirt on, a very low-cut top, and she's wearing 10-inch heels. And you know everybody in the room knows that this woman's a prostitute. Um, And she comes in, but then that's not all she does. She starts crying, and while she's crying, she takes her top off, and she starts massaging my neck behind me. Now, that would be quite shocking, wouldn't it? That would be the effect of what happened with Jesus. It would be a very shocking kind of thing to have happen. And so, you know, for Simon to be shocked about this woman having done this isn't really that unusual, except for the fact that how did the woman get in the house? Now, we know that the Pharisees were very, very commonly would go and do things to trick Jesus and and to pull him into things. And perhaps what they did was um, he had invited her, you know, secretly to come in. We don't know that, but certainly it's odd for her to be that. And if she did come in, why did he let her stay? Because it was such a strange thing, unless it's a test for Jesus. And so his conclusion is this guy's obviously not as holy as he thinks he is. So Jesus turns to Simon and says, Simon, I want to tell you something. And Simon goes, huh, what? And he says, well, okay. And he says, there was a man who loaned money to people. And he loaned one of them 500 denarii. Now in today's money, that would be about $100,000. And he loaned another one 50 denarii, is about $10,000. And so when neither one could pay, then he forgave both of their debts. Now which one do you think would love that man more? And Simon says the obvious, which is, well, I suppose the one he forgave the most money for. I mean, it's a lot harder to pay back 100000 than 10000 And he probably also wanted to know where this creditor was so he could go get some money from him. But, um, and so Jesus says, you've judged rightly. But I tell you something. For those who have sinned much also love much. Those who have sinned little love very little. Now it doesn't tell us where Simon got that or understood what he was talking about. We really have no idea. But what he was really saying was that it's easy to um, go through life and ignore our own sinfulness, our own brokenness, and to focus on everybody else's. Have you ever noticed that the sins in your family that bother you are not yours? You know, they're the ones that your spouse or your kids or whatever do, uh, your parents. I mean, those are the ones that bug us. So it's not, not mine. I mean, mine aren't a problem. And we have a tendency to do that. We downplay our own sins. And throughout the ages, the church has had a tendency to pick out certain sins which we just think are kind of over the top. And boy, do we like to focus on those. Those are important sins, after all. You know, And they're never things, though, like pride.